Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome to the Smackdown preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of Friday Night Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Smackdown and Raw, but also NXT, AW Dynamite, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet to look ahead to SmackDown tonight. Two title matches to look forward to and an exciting show as always. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be positive without the qualifiers this week, I think, because um, for all often you kind of say, well, SmackDown's good because it's better than Raw <laughs> or SmackDown's not as good as a lot of people would have you believe, but like the top segments are Roman Reigns is great or whatever. All, all that kind of like usual and what I personally believe to be fair discourse for Smackdown I thought last week's episode in particular was really really strong mm. um nothing felt particularly uh there to fill time it's rather unfortunate that a couple of matches or big angles feature people that are now gone mm-hmm. in the form of Ruby Riot of course lose the right squad losing the tag title match and having to rethink what they're going to do next that we'll never know and whatever was going to happen between Alistair Black and Big E has now come to a standstill. So it's a bit of a shame that a couple of the obviously focused upon things mm. will just be left as dead ends because the rest of the show, based on what was set up last week, feels quite unusually dramatic for WWE Weekly Television this week. I feel like there's actually stuff riding on the outcome of this show and they maybe deserve a bit of credit for building to that quite effectively last week. It's a show that I'm looking at going... There could be no title changes. One title could change. Both titles could bloody change. I I can't call it. Commander Aziz being banned from ringside for Apollo Cruz's match puts it all up in the air against Kevin Owens for the Intercontinental Championship match. And let's start by talking about that tag team title match, the Mysterios. Rey Mysterio, of course, attack backstage. We'll get into more of that a little bit later on. The Mysterios, though, defending the SmackDown tag titles against a newly reunited Usos. They defeated the Street Profits last week. And Roman Reigns didn't seem that pleased about it. No, I thought the Usos stuff was awesome last week. Yeah. Um, the promo battle with the Street Profits 
um, just absolutely scintillating. This I it really shows you like the the good work they've done so far with the relationship between Jimmy Jay and Roman. That seeing them two together, even with um, Jay still wearing his uh, right hand man mm. t shirt, but seeing them back together, back focused on winning this tag title shot, it just brought into focus what a great job they've done of watching Roman trying to get in between them and tear them apart, or at very least get Jimmy into his way of thinking. So seeing them all of a sudden, it was as if, honestly, they'd broken away from their oppressor, Jay Mm. especially, being empowered properly by his brother, rather than being forced to do the dirty work of Roman. It was like, and Jay, like his acting performance as well, I thought was really, really strong. Um, The match was great. Uh, Most interested I've been in the Street Profits in ages. Mm. Like the whole thing was really, really strong. Um, And yeah, like, I, I sort of feel like we need to fold in the Rey Mysterio things. Of course, they're challenging the Mysterios, mm. the tag championships tonight. Um, for more than just our Father's Day reasoning, we'd probably like the Mysterios to retain. Um, <laughs> there's a pay-per-view coming up on a very special day for father and son where we'd like to see carnage between the pair of them. So <laughs> why have that? Why have that now? Um, but I guess they worked me because you could do the title change. You could do the title change this week, which will give... Jimmy further sort of will be able to like have him plant root back in Jay's head that you don't need Roman, you just need me together. Mm. You just need our relationship, you just need our brotherhood, and we can get back to the top of the mountain without Roman's help at all. Like that plants that seed further. Dominic, who did it by himself last week, is what he will think, even though Ray's, you know, music brings everybody to a standstill distraction, mm-hmm. will be credited for retaining the titles. Dominic could then like start to resent his dad feeling like he did the work last week and he was there at ringside this week and he couldn't get it done. Only, of course, to be revealed somehow that it was Dominic attacking Ray in that big cast Enzo type of way. Um, Yeah, honestly, I really like how these two things have dovetailed. I think there's genuine drama around this. My gut is telling me that the Usos will lose and it will go the other way and it will be about Jay. When Jimmy thought he was this close to getting Jay back on side, Jay will have doubts again because they can't get it done against Ray and Dominic. And Roman will poison that well all the more. He'll say, look, I gave you a week. I was patient. But look what happened. You still ended up on the losing end. That wasn't happening when you were with me. You were the winner of the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. You won things. Look what happens as soon as you get back with him. Like, I, like he'll give him a week before he's the devil on his shoulder again. So my gut feeling is they lose for that reason. But I love the narrative potential just as much on the prospect of an Uso's win. Yeah, you sense Jay is a sort of ticking time bomb. And it also kind of excuses the whole, well, if Jimmy's watching the show, surely he'd see how conflicted Jay Uso is rather than the sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, behind his back face pulling of, of Jay Uso. But yeah, build that into tonight's show. Obviously, you would assume that the tag title match is going to main event SmackDown and they're just going to play towards it throughout Roman Reigns' pep talk, if you can call it that, ahead of it. it's going to be fascinating. and. Um, and yeah, it's 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 only a matter of time you feel before Jay runs back to Roman, turns his back on his brother, <laughs> turns possibly on his brother. Because, but more than anything, <laughs> I'm just looking at the calendar and going, "What are we two and a bit weeks, like three episodes of SmackDown away from Hell in a Cell?" And you need Roman Reigns on that show, so yeah. he's not like no one. It's not Otis isn't going to come flying through the pack or someone like that. Although we will talk about a potential future world title contender in a bit. Um, it's going to be Jimmy. It feels inevitable that that's going to happen inside Hell in a Cell. So like you say, whether it be 
a very quick hot potato of a title change this week and returning the titles, you know, next week or maybe I think on the go home, if I've got my dates right, if I have an SL. Or like you say, if they just lose tonight, if the turn happens next, I don't know. But that also just adds to all the beauty of it. And we've got to factor in, as you mentioned, that attack backstage on Rey Mysterio. It initially seemed, well, who benefited the most from that? It was, of course, the Dirty Dogs. But they said they had nothing to do with it. And, you know, I believe Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. So <laughs> it's all kind of wide open after that. Was it Jay trying to get themselves a bit of an edge or... You know, not even getting an edge, but switching titles onto two people they thought they could be defeated easier. Or was it was it the Dirty Dogs? Was it Roman? Was it Dot? Please don't let it be Dominic. Please, Hamlet. Uh, it reminded me of obviously. Uh, was it Corey Graves that revealed Big Cass to be Enzo's attacker? Because he yeah, he was involved in a lot around that just... time, wasn't he? He had a text about <laughs> um, and, and he did. Enzo. That's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be Dominic, but I think they'll maybe play with that a little bit. There would be no motivation for Dominic to work the match against the Dirty Dogs by himself. But I'm with you. I, uh, I believe Ziggler and Reed. Um I think that was, they were as shocked as anybody, uh, literally frozen in fear, um, <laughs> when Rey Mysterio came out. But I don't think it was them that perpetrated the attack in the first place. I thought the, it was quite nice for them to cut to Roman and Heyman um, looking on as the Usos came out to kind of remind Dominic and Ray that it was their match next week. One, so that you could think, oh, Roman's not best pleased about this unity between the Usos. But what it, was it in fact to look on and not be best pleased with the unity between father and son? Because have we not talked about the fact that just like he was for Apollo Crews and just like he's been for Jey Uso, could Roman also be the one that gets in Dominic's ear ultimately? Could he not be the one that just has that quiet word that one time that when Dominic finally turns, all he has to say is, listen, dad, there's other people around here that have taught me what real family means. And it isn't you. Maybe it was my uncle Eddie, but it isn't you. And at SummerSlam in a ladder match or whatever, like maybe Roman's got a vested interest there and taking out Rey Mysterio backstage as part of that. I'll say this, right? I don't think we're doing this spec unusually for a Friday morning SmackDown preview. I don't think we're doing this flippantly. Like mm. we have got some genuine interest on who attacked Rey Mysterio. Uh, we have belief that they might actually pay it off. This is one of those weeks where I'm going to, they tell you to never go full Wilborn. I'm going to go full Wilborn. Like, thank God we're not talking about Monday Night Raw because I actually have a little bit of faith that all of this is going somewhere. That's how much I enjoyed last week's show. Well, considering what's happened with certain storylines on SmackDown that we were really excited about, I wouldn't be bloody surprised if Rey Mysterio revealed the person that attacked me was myself. <laughs> it's the Reddit storyline again. I have to 619 myself. It's the only way. <laughs> um, so then, gun to your head, who leaves the SmackDown tag champs tonight? Uh, Rey and Dominic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure whether the turn happens tonight, but I think the uh, miscommunication may well happen tonight. Mm. And uh, Father's Day thing's too perfect for me to be ruined now. I think we go into Hell in a Cell with Jay not yet having committed one way or the other. Mm. I think that's ultimately that ultimately plays huge into the match itself. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, let's talk about the other title match tonight. We mentioned in the intro Kevin Owens challenging an Apollo Crews for that Intercontinental Championship. May have even had the match won last week until the Nigerian nail was utilised by one Commander Aziz. He is banned from ringside this week. And it's going to be intriguing and arguably maybe beneficial for the Intercontinental Champion to show what he can do without his heavy at ringside. Yeah, I am. Um, I don't know what I think of all this, to be honest. Like, I think Apollo Crews will win. Um as you say, show what he's actually got in his locker when he absolutely must use it. Um, I just feel as if uh, they've abandoned any sort of sense of creativity around the Apollo Crews character. For all it was, you know, the introduction of it and even the layout of it to this day was extremely divisive, but it, they were there was a feeling that they were behind it creatively. Yeah. I've not really had that since WrestleMania. It's just a... Very, very generic WWE heel with a heater. Mm-hmm. He's got he's got his big guy, he's got his big help, and he just squeaks through every time. And I I don't know. I just I feel like kind of the, the air's come out of the balloon pretty quick and the act as a result. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Owens as a challenger, um, yes, retains all the kind of all the virtues and all the qualities you need of a baby face that's kind of running in uh running into oppression in the way of the you know. Um, Commander Aziz and getting hit with a Nigerian nail and thinking, well, I could get it done if it wasn't for this. But again, that feels like a bit of a retread of the angle with Roman. Mm. Um, the idea that he's just getting match after match that he's never going to win, but there's always a good reason why he's losing. I just, I, I'm not really. It's kind of like the inverse of the tag title match. I just, I'm just not really feeling it. I don't think there'll be a title change. Um, and if they do do it, it'll only be to flip it back. It'll mm. only be to have that. 50-50 thing of, oh, look, Kevin Owens finally got it done. Shows you how important Commander Aziz is. And then Apollo wins it back when Commander Aziz is there again. So it just doesn't really feel like a program that's got a lot of juice. Um, and it's a bit of a shame because the the mid-card just a few weeks ago was looking very healthy with that four-way main mm. event. Um, and it's just not really splintered off in a way that I think is all that imaginative. I'm not... They, Thunderdome kills a lot of stuff, you know, because on another night, 
you'd be looking for a match like this to sort of steal the show from out from underneath the tag match. Mm. Um, but that would probably require a crowd to help. It would require the engagement behind a character like Owens to win the belt. Thunderdome just, you, you can't fake it. You've got to feel it in that environment. Yeah. And I just, I'm not sure there's a lot of like sentiment or feeling for, for this angle. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Apollo Crews retains. I think maybe again through shenanigans, maybe proper old school, you know, remo- removing the turnbuckles kind of things. Who mm-hmm. knows? But yeah, I, I feel like this is just keeping Kevin Owens warm until we can put him in the money in the bank match because he feels like he's always in it and he always does mad stuff and always grabs the headlines. And he's a good contender for the for the briefcase as well, looking forward. Yeah, I mean, it's one of them things, isn't it? Because he's already had his long feud with Roman um, and WWE is not good at telling stories for all of its characters in the mid-card. It's almost like he he can't really go near Roman again until Roman's lost it. He can't go near the belt again until Roman's lost it. So mm. money in the bank is a more effective way of keeping him in the mix because anyone can be money in the bank you know, contract holder. Anyone can do that. It doesn't really matter who the champion is. And, you know, they don't need to be in a feud with the champion, obviously. So that, I think, is the only way at the moment to try and even consider him as part of the main event mix. Again, he was so profoundly booted out of it earlier this year. It's a really exciting storyline, potentially, there, or intriguing storyline, I should say, where I don't think this is going to happen, but Owens wins the briefcase and Roman sort of leans on Sonia Deville to get... Kevin Owens drafted to Raw, even though that doesn't change <laughs> anything. You can just show up at any time with a bloody briefcase. But yeah, that's certainly potential. Uh, I think it'll be a really enjoyable match, but I sense the finish will not be clean because, yeah, it's a heel cheating bastard who's got mm-hmm. the title. And even though, like you say, he's heavy, he's not. Maybe he's heavy, will be there and be like, this isn't Commander Aziz. This is a mystery man. It's like, <laughs> it's a definitive look, Commander Aziz. I think I can tell, but. But who knows? Let us know your thoughts on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, speaking of world titles, I'm getting giddier and giddier every week on this Shinsuke Nakamura Rick Boogs pairing. <laughs> uh, straightforward, relatively straightforward victory for Shinsuke over Chad Gable. And I just thought, oh, Shinsuke would be a great sort of, you know, just fun, B-level, like get maybe even money in the bank. You know, who knows? Well, a, a, a potential world title contender. I'm not suggesting Shinsuke is going to win it. Don't think he will. Could be in the Money in the Bank briefcase match as well with Rick Boogs playing guitar to help him up the ladder. But yeah, just this is this is what I want. I don't want wall to wall seriousness in my wrestling. And yeah, this weird pairing between these two with <laughs> a guitar wielding Rick Boogs being pals with a like, bloke who steals someone else's crown. I'm kind of into it, i got to say. Yeah, uh, I'm not here to tell you not to enjoy Nakamura and Rick Boogs nicking off with Baron Corbin's crown, or even not to get, like, I get your hopes up all you want for a Nakamura title match against Roman Reigns. Like, go for that. Enjoy that. What I will be here to say is that before that, we're likely to have a match on a pay-per-view that let's be honest it'll probably mean you having to review this uh between Shinsuke Nakamura and King Corbin mm-hmm. a singles match on a pay-per-view and I, I don't want that and I, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm here to say you shouldn't be getting excited about like it's 
I'm more interested in him stealing his crown and Corbin getting decked from behind by Rick Books than I ever will be. Like nine minutes on July on June thirtieth. I I just I don't know. Like it's when I watch this and I can get very like it's not a pop, is it? I sort of look at the screen and do that sort of. Uh, yeah, it's like uh, <laughs> my mouth wrinkles up slightly at the edges. Um, I, I just, yeah, it's it all has to lead to a singles match between King Corbin and Shinsuke Nakamura, and I in front of the Thunderdome screens. Mm. I don't want to watch that. <laughs> Sorry, like I, I, it's, but I I'm with you on the. I'm hesitant to call it character development. But the association of Rick Boogs with Nakamura, I think it is something. Um, I think Nakamura looks like... He goes through these stages where it looks like he's enjoying his job as much as he enjoys getting to surf. And this is one of those periods, and mm. I think we should enjoy that at the very least. Just, by the way, just, I've just got distracted. I've just gone to look, just to double-check when Hell in a Cell is. It is June 20th, so we have... June 20th, sorry, yeah. Um, and there's a wonderful photo of Bobby Lashley wearing his tailored suit. His head looks too big, or his, I don't know what they've done. I can't tell if his head, maybe his head's the right size. His hands look bloody massive on this, but he's got, <laughs> got black glasses on, pulled down like that. I don't know why I'm saying that on a podcast, but you can see what I'm talking about, Ambler. Unwritten hmm. on it is Hell in a Cell. And I, I don't nice. know, that's lovely, lovely stuff, that. And I will say, all right, yeah, yeah, I agree. Shin's going to have more versus... Uh, Bloody Baron Corbin in a singles match. Uh, that's a kickoff match if I ever did hear one. Mm-hmm. But Shinsuke Nakamura versus Baron Corbin for the crown with Rick Boogs in a shark cage. Take my money. <laughs> they've, they've had that shark cage and they've not, you've not got any use out of it for ages now. And if anyone can... The shark, the shark cage on these podcasts is like the new Jimmy Uso. <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day we'll not do a podcast about SmackDown. It'll be like Shark Cage Night for like Fox will be doing like a Shark Night special, and like it's like like with the Legends Week where yeah. like SmackDown has to get involved. It's like you can what mate a Shark Night special, and just every match somebody goes in a shark cage. <laughs> uh, finally, I've written I've written this this headline, and it's slightly hyperbolic, and uh, it is not reflective of how we feel definitively about SmackDown Women's Division, but I've written saving SmackDown's women's division purely off the fact of, I think it was Sean Ross Sapp who initially tweeted that SmackDown now has seven active female wrestlers. I'm just glancing at the roster here. So we've got obviously the champion, Bianca Belair. We've got presumably the challenger, Bailey, Sasha Banks, obviously, Carmella, uh, Liv Morgan, Natalia Tamina. Is that seven? Like on the, they've also got Maurice and Paige, but you know, then they've not wrestled, wrestled for quite some time. And as much as I'd be intrigued to see what the likes of uh, Sarah Schreiber and Hank Kyla could do in between the ropes, I'm not including them uh, either. So, yeah, I mean, get Mia Yim on there, I suppose. Get people on there because seven is atrocious. Yeah. Um, to paraphrase Davy Boy Smith, it's uh, flat on its fucking ass. Um, <laughs> The state of things were, I've, I've, like it's, it's been a bit of a mess all of this year, and it's funny. I feel like I say this a lot. Nobody wants to talk about it, and yet all I talk about now is how like WWE main roster women's wrestling is abysmal. So maybe people are talking about it, or at least we are. Like I, I cannot get my head around how things have fallen off 
this much on SmackDown yeah. in particular. Um, they have less time than Raw to use on like all of the divisions every week. They've got an hour less. And yet, when Bailey and Sasha were feuding, that program was so good that it dragged in so many others. Mm. Like it built a world underneath Sasha and Bailey because they'd be defending their tag team titles. You know, they'd be defending their individual singles titles. They'd be working across all three brands. They'd be making enemies everywhere. And it made for some really great TV matches. Like if you think of those TV matches last summer where a nothing mid card match, let's say Bailey versus Liv Morgan, mm. um, you would have Bailey screaming at Michael Cole. You'd have Sasha Banks pointedly wearing Bailey's belt around her waist and having the tag belt slung across both shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, there'd be loads of angle attached. It would lead to a tag match the following week. The Golden Roll models would win that tag match, but then it would become about their storyline again. And then all of a sudden, they'd annoy Natalia, and Natalia would find a partner. And then you just repeat that cycle over and over and over again across, as I say, all three shows. And it just gave the division a bit of life. You know, they were pretty much universally despised, the pair of them, as we were waiting for the split to happen. So you had this angle happening within an angle and a ton of stuff spinning off every single week. Um, Since their split, it has, and like, I even have to include Sasha Banks' title reign in this, as good as the matches with Carmella were, because they were great as well. Um, It's spawned into the Divas division. Nobody does anything Mm -hmm. and one woman at a time challenges for the title. That's that's the crack. Mm. Um, same with the tag belts. Nobody does anything, and somebody challenges to the tag belts. That was what was happening when it was Naya and Shayna. You know, that's presumably what's going to happen now. It's Natalia and Tamina. There is no creative energy about the divisions on either show, and SmackDown, as you say, feels really worryingly low on numbers. And consider this too: um, Bianca Belair as champion has already fought Bailey at a pay-per-view and we expect them to fight again at Hell in a Cell. So they're going back to the well there. Um, Natalia and Tamina are the tag team champions with not a single tag team on this roster for them to fight against. So yes, they might be on the roster page, but effectively at this point, they need to be floaters because who yeah. can they possibly fight on? So you can't really count them. Um, Carmella lost clean to Bianca Belair last week. Mm-hmm. So let's chalk her off too. Am I, have I missed anyone or does that leave Liv Morgan? Is that it? Is that like the only other name remaining? Have I covered everybody else there? That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So like... Bianca, Bailey, Banks, Natalia, Tamina, Carmella, Liv Morgan. Yeah. So Liv Morgan is the last one that we haven't touched upon there. <laughs> and she might have been doing something, but they started an angle last week and then fired one half of it. Mm. So like, I my gut feeling is... Um, they're going to drag out Bailey and Bianca as long as they can, as long as they possibly can. Um, and then it falls to Liv Morgan as a as a number one contender. How do they get there in the meantime? Probably with a push starting tonight. Liv Morgan will probably start winning jobber matches if they can get a couple of jobbers yeah. in for her to beat. Um, this idea that they'll be aware. Liv Morgan's got this mad mobilised fan base anyway online, but they'll be aware that people are pretty devastated on her behalf at the loss of her best friend. Um, for the second time in two years, mm. she's lost a best mate from the you know from thanks to Sarah Logan sacking the year before, uh, completely by herself. I feel like they've invested in her once before and wasted that investment, so they'll probably try and get something out of it this time. If not a minor push to be ready for Bianca Belair after Hell in a Cell she'll start being pushed with a view of being one of the favourites to win Money in the Bank. 
Oh, so a Liv Morgan push is going to make it look as if there is more of a division than there is because I just gave you what the other six women were doing. Yeah, the thing is, if you turn around to me now and said, oh, all we've got for SummerSlam is Bianca Belair versus Bailey versus Sasha Banks, I'd be like, cool, so you've got your main event for SummerSlam then. It's, yeah. you know, it's a great match, but like you say, in the interim, it is going to be Bailey annoyingly laughing at Bianca Belair until they get a stipped up match at Hell in a Cell or at Money in the Bank just to keep the ball rolling till we can get to SummerSlam, basically. And Sasha Banks has disappeared off the face of the planet in the interim. I love um, Sasha Banks's departure. I will say that. I, uh, I really like that she's so kind of heartbroken by the loss that she's selling it by just not even being able to confront what's going on. I would like it very much, actually, if she um, came back and and I'm wondering if this is going to be Money in the Bank, you know. Mm, yeah. Um, I think they could headline Money in the Bank. There'd be, a, there'd be two great bits of trivia for Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. If following Hell in the Cell, Sasha Banks came back and laid out the challenge and said, that, like, I want a rematch. WrestleMania was a fluke. I know I can beat you. Mm. And there's no farting around with that awful tag team stuff. Second time around, they get the angle right. Um. And it headlines Money in the Bank. And what would be so cool about that is that obviously the first and second matches headline major pay-per-views and both matches take place in front of crowds. Yeah. So we can like hold this feud up as a bit of a monument for WWE maximising the potential of normality. They maximised it at WrestleMania by putting them on last. They could do it again because Money in the Bank is going to have that full crowd and the ladder matches don't need to be the headline matches. So I'd love Banks and Belair too to be the main event of Money in the Bank. The the the, the torch passing moment is confirmed. Bianca Belair defeats Sasha Banks once again. She stands tall as the show goes off the end. The little signature pops up in the corner, and then Bailey jumps her and cashes in Money in the Bank. Thank you very much. Thanks, Connor. <laughs> See you later. I just I can't get that out of my head now since you started suggesting it, and hopefully tonight will also maybe. See the return of Cesaro after Seth Rollins's deliberately awful comedy promo and, well, he's just a bloody wind-up merchant. It's all your fault that I nearly killed Cesaro. Hopefully we get a response to that with being so close to hell in a cell because, well, me and Steve talked about this last week. Feels like that's what they are destined for. But let us know your thoughts ahead of SmackDown tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Got the AEW Dynamite preview coming later on today. And of course, tomorrow, Phil and Gareth will be reviewing SmackDown for you. But for now, this has been the SmackDown preview. My thanks to Michael Hamflet. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.